Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview some of the most successful people in the world, and I thank you for joining us. This show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality. And here's a successful entrepreneur who provides insights and guidance you can use to move along your vision path. Listen to my shows at TonyDURSO.com or go to your favorite podcast platform such as Apple Podcasts and search for Tony D-U-R-S-O. Grammarly helps you up-level your writing for your blogs, social media, books, company literature, and so on. I recommend it. I use it. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash D-U-R-S-O, Grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. And Harry's Razors, I've been using them for years and we're giving you a trial set. I love their products. Get a five-blade razor, lathering shave gel with aloe, and a travel blade cover, harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. More details just ahead, so please stay tuned. Today's show is about getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. Let's see what we can learn today. At the end of this interview, I'm going to do a summary recap of what we went over, so stay tuned for that. Nick Petros is the founder at Pinchforth, where he works with early stage founders to establish traction and scale, revenue and customer adoption. Here we go. Hi, Nick. Welcome to our show. So glad to have you on with us today. Excited to be here, Tony. Thanks for hosting. My pleasure. And I'm very curious as to what Pinchforth is doing and what you're doing over there. It sounds very interesting. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a old-time marketer, I guess I could say. So I'm really curious as to what you got. But before we jump into what you're doing now, I want to follow your journey to success, Nick. So tell us, tell the audience, which I'm now calling my success squad. How did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Success Squad. I got started in 2010. Um, graduated. Uh, there wasn't a ton of work, so I got started in sales. I really wanted to be a copywriter because I watched one too many 90s movies and thought that's where the fun was, coming up with taglines and cool advertising ideas. But I didn't have a, a brand book or marketing book. I didn't have any internships that could back that up. So sales was all there was for me. I landed at a, a tech company um, north of Boston, Massachusetts. In a, in a sales role, I was a sales guy number four at a daily deal website. Uh, this is back at the early, early days of Groupon before everyone knew who they were. Um, we were a competing product. So I got started selling there. I did that for four or five months. Uh, the team grew super, super fast. And I wound up making friends with the, the head of customer acquisition. And eventually transitioned to the acquisition team and wound up taking over paid di- digital advertising and performance advertising for that product. And that took off. Uh, we grew a massive revenue channel for that company. The, the founders sold it fairly quickly after the revenue channel peaked. And I, I learned what a startup was through the, uh, the entire growth from sales guy number four to you know, a team of over 100, I think, when we exited. Caught the bug and I've been doing that ever since. So from there, I left started my own deal site, got that profitable in eight or nine months, had a, one friend working with me, helping to get that off the ground. Uh, then I took a head of digital marketing role 
with a fintech company, a local fintech company in Boston. Uh, now, Harvard has an incubator program called the iLab, and this is one of the most promising companies to, to raise a seed round of funding um, out of iLab. So I came on as digital marketing, um, wound up running a pretty large international launch for those guys, and was noticed through that launch by another company out of Harvard's iLab that brought me on to be their global head of marketing. The last company was a, a vertical social network. So I took over growth. And in its vertical, we, we grew faster than basically anyone else ever in that space. Today, it's the, the largest network of its kind in the world. And it's doing, doing pretty well on the sales side too. So after, after those three, so one exit, uh, one pretty massive international fintech launch, uh, you know, my own little e-commerce site, you know, and, and building a network from fairly small to the largest of its kind in the world. I wanted to find a way to work on more things at once, you know, to really, really focus on growth, eliminate the uh, perpetual meetings uh, that happen when you're building a really big, thriving, successful company and spend more time creating value for more people. So that's where, that's where Pinchforth came from. I actually was pursuing an offer to, uh, to work full-time for another company um, in a growth capacity, but another popped up at the same time. So I had two competing offers. I said yes to both. And what do you know? It turned into a consulting company, and and that's where uh, where Pinchforth was born. So Tony, you want me to dig into what Pinchforth is? And well, it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting name. Uh, probably most of us have never heard it. It's two very good names put together. Pinchforth. It makes me think of Pitchfork. Let's get into how your vision came about for Pinchforth, as well as throw in there. How did that name come about, Nick? Sure, sure. Well, the name ties right to the vision. We work with, uh, so at the, at the network that we led growth for, everyone always asked about the brand, like asked about the logo, asked about our tagline. We went through four or five while I was there and we never really got it to stick. But in spite of the fact that we didn't really have a polished brand, um, we were really good at communicating the value of the product. So it grew faster than anything else in the space anyway. And I think Google is pretty representative of that. I, I don't think... 25 years ago, anyone knew what a Google was. And I think even still today, no one could tell you what a Google was. It's just um, a very big number. I know, right? <laughs> but, but we all Google things, right? It's become a part of us um, because they created value and it became part of our lives. So Pinchforth uh, was me making up a name that was inspired by two things I love. Pinching is a sailing term. When you race, it's uh, the way you can kind of take advantage uh, of particular wind direction help yourself move a little faster than your competing boats you know and fourth is forward kind of representative of growth so i basically took two random obscure names and smashed them together to kind of represent how at the end of the day if if you're really focused on value and you're delivering value it doesn't matter what you call yourself you can still grow it's really interesting and what's the purpose behind this and why you set it up why is it that you get up every day to do this yeah so this i mean this is a bit of a journey um, what Pinchforth has been and what it's becoming are, are two slightly different things. But there, there are a lot of folks um, who have great ideas. And I think, you know, as, as you get started in any sort of professional capacity, you learn what you're good at and what you're not. I think this started with, with me figuring out that I wasn't going to be a copywriter. I'm actually not the guy with the good ideas. I think my ideas are good, just like everyone else does. But I'm generally not great at coming up with something fantastic and bringing it to life. On the flip side, I'm, I'm quite good at finding ways to help other folks bring their ideas to life. Find folks who are actually good at coming up with a really unique and beautiful concept and, and figuring out how to give it what it needs to breathe and, 
you know, establish some kind of traction, grow fast and turn into a business. So that's where Pinchforce came from. I think, you know, working in-house was wonderful. We grew something really big, really, really quickly. But while you're focused on just one thing, there's, there's limited value you can create. You know, and I felt the, the purpose or the vision that inspired kicking off Pinchforth was, how, how can we help more of these ideas come to life? How can we help folks who, who have determination, have kind of a, a mission and a commitment to seeing that mission through, you know, bring their thing to life? So that segues into kind of where we've been the last uh, two years. We started uh, November 2017, um, and we were predominantly a growth consulting firm. So the, the distinguishment we make is that well, we don't do marketing. Uh, we don't come up with your your branding or positioning, lest you'll wind up with a, a name like Pinchforth strapped to you. What we do really well is figure out how to deliver your messaging to the right people at the right frequency um, and the lowest cost possible. So we did that for, um, and we're still doing that. We have 22 projects going underneath the, the growth consulting guys. But what's What's happened has been kind of interesting, and that's what I'm really excited to, to talk to you about today. We learned that the, the key, right, we're skipping to the end, the secret to growing really fast and the secret to establishing traction. Uh, well, we don't it, want the secrets yet. Oh, uh, you don't want it? No, no, just kidding, just kidding. But we do want some, we want more of the secrets later so that people listen to the whole interview. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, well. I think we'll give the secrets on how to use it later. So that's what's worth, uh, worth listening in for. This is just what it is. Learning how to drive is a little different. But the, um, the, the secret, at least the one that we see, is, is having a laser focus on, on the right metrics. Because we see a lot of folks who say they're data-driven. We see a lot of folks who actually know their numbers, um, but they look at the wrong ones. You know, an example of that, if you're a software company and you charge a subscription for your service, but you spend all of your time you know, working on like partnerships with folks, for example, that's not going to drive more subscriptions for you. Your registration, like how you actually communicate with folks, how you onboard those folks, how you attract them, like that's, that's what's going to make the difference for you. So if your number one, like wake up and breathe and consume metric is not like that entry point to your service, it's not going to improve as quickly as you want it to. Conversely, if you're staring at that every day, uh, and you wake up and the first thing you do is figure out how you can improve and where you were yesterday. It doesn't really matter how good you are uh, or how much experience you have in improving that type of number. You'll figure it out or you'll bring people in who can figure it out because you'll learn very quickly that what you're doing isn't working. And that sounds super oversimplistic, but you know, extrapolate that to a, a bigger company. Maybe it's a, a 12 to 25 person business. You know, the executive at the top of the company is looking at his cash flow. He's looking at his headcount. Um, he's managing some key strategic deals, hopefully as a sales team that can support that. But he has to have stakeholders. You, you cannot build a business that big without delegating some of that responsibility, which immediately creates conflict of interest. You know, the leader of department A is gold on one number and the leader of department B is gold on another. And both of them are close to their numbers, closer than you'll ever be as the business leader. So when you ask them for reporting, they'll deliver information to you that reflects their understanding of how the business is doing, which subconsciously is always going to be biased for their own performance. So you, as the leader of the business, wind up having to translate those two different sources of information to make sense for you, which slows down your decision making and forces you to focus on things that aren't your number one metric, your number one number. So whether you're, you're a startup trying to get something moving from zero or you're an established business that has some momentum, 
in every case, the, uh, the secret to growing really, really fast, you know, and establishing that, that value and market fit really quickly is making sure that the thing you stare at most and the thing you work on most is the thing that is most pivotal to your business success. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Looking back at this now, I'm like, what? But it's true. When I was 19, I got a job in corporate America as a typist slash proofreader. And I didn't know how to type. I know what you're asking. What was he thinking, right? Maybe it's a little bit of the gumption I had. I went to the library and I got a typing book and I practiced so much, I learned how to type very fast. And I was taught many proofreading skills. I got so good at proofreading that I could just glance at something and find the typos. And to this day, I find typos in magazines, on TV screen, in books, on billboards, you name it, I find the typos. And this is why we need Grammarly today. The typos are so rampant that you probably get immune to them, but they're out there. For family emails, that's okay. But for your blogs, your social media, your books, your company materials, and so forth, the typo can mean the difference between, well, closing the deal or having your prospect go to a competitor. It really can make the difference. This is serious if you're serious about your business. That's why I endorse Grammarly, and there's so much more. Check this out. Whether you're communicating with your team online or working on a project, Grammarly is the digital writing tool you can always rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. Grammarly works across multiple platforms, including Gmail, Google Docs, and Slack. There's more to writing, well, than catching spelling mistakes. Grammarly can help you write confidently no matter where you are. Grammarly is the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people, that's 20 million people, put their best words forward. Signing up for a Grammarly account is free and gives you real-time spelling and grammar checks as you write it. And again, I love it. It works where you work so you can communicate with clarity and confidence on every platform. Do you want deeper insights on your writing? Grammarly Premium gives you advanced feedback on tone, word choice, punctuation, and more. And that's what I use, folks. I use Grammarly because it's so fast. I can focus more on my content and what I'm saying. I use Grammarly Premium to go through my next book to assist me, not only in finding any typos after my rewrites, but to help me fine-tune the very specific and exact style for my book. And when you use it, you'll know what I'm talking about. The customizable feature is super, super brilliant. I can set it to help make my writing academic or casual or anything in between. You get tailored writing suggestions based on your goals and audience. You can make it informal, neutral, or formal. You can set the tone, establish the intent, and so much more. I love it. I know I said that, right? Grammarly Premium helps you write like a pro with advanced real-time feedback. Level up your writing for work, school, or in personal projects. Premium features include advanced suggestions on grammar, punctuation, sentence structure, and style. It's the perfect writing tool for anyone who wants to stand out with every word. Harness the power of Grammarly on every platform with their desktop editor, browser plugin, and mobile apps. Don't just say it. Make a statement with clear, flawless text that's sure to impress. And as I said before, Grammarly doesn't just correct your mistakes. It helps you build up your skills as a writer. Okay, guys. 
Get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. Grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out, sign up, and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Nick works with companies through a value-based approach, which empowers them to uncover their most potent, untapped opportunities. All right, and now back to the chat with Nick. Nick, you're saying this can work for one-person company, the solopreneur, as well as a multi-person company or a large corporation? Yep, all the way, all the way across the board. So I, I can give you two stories. We have one. Um, he's a one-man company who's actually established a brand. It's in season now. We'll we'll see what happens when the when the podcast pushes. Probably be after season. But it's one guy. He has an entire company all to himself, and he he stares at his most important number, which is customer satisfaction. Good reviews are like pivotal for him. He wants to make a super high quality product that people love. He doesn't really care about you know how many people see it or how many people think it's amazing. He just cares that his product is amazing when it's received. And it's multiplying his business. He's up 5x this year. One guy started one brand in an extremely crowded market. Um, and he's got some of the top influencers in the entire space like representing him because what he made is so good and, and so valuable. So laser focus, uh, unwavering commitment. You know, This guy is now competing with brands that have thousands of people uh, who manage them. So that's, that's one person. And then another company on the other end, they're, they're also super, super successful. 12-person company. It's a, a SaaS product marketplace type business that's developed a really, really high value service that, that people love. And it's a marketplace. So naturally, it, uh, it has some of its own momentum. It doesn't really need to be promoted to grow or increase in revenue. But the, the business leadership like, can't find their source of truth. You know, this, this company is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Like, brilliant leadership, sold a bunch of companies, founded a bunch of companies. Like, they really know what they're doing. But because there's so many moving parts to the business, it's not practical or even possible to dig into their numbers and get like one source of truth, given them like nine different hands they have sourcing information for them. So because they don't have that, that one specific kernel, they can't laser focus the way they need to be. And they're forced to kind of like grow the way that the business naturally or organically will. 25-person company that's processing like millions and millions a year um, in revenue it's not growing half as fast as a one-person company just because they can't have the same singular focus. We're learning how to get traction and scale with Nick Petros, and you can find him at pinchforth.com. That's two words, P-I-N-C-H-F-O-R-T-H.com. Very unique, pinchforth.com. Nick, you're saying that these particular success stories, it's one person or it could be 12 or it could be thousands. Your company utilizes this very successful, let's call it a metric or a system 
that allows them to grow and scale very fast. Am I getting that right so far? Very, very close. So we, we actually help them, one, identify like the key metrics that mean the most to them. Um, and two, we create a visualization of that information. So instead of asking folks for reports, it doesn't really matter what department you're in. Uh, we create, you know, through software or a third-party service provider, like a real-time visualization of that number for you. So you literally can stare at it every day, react to it, and make sure that it's moving the way you want it to. I like that. I want to find my number. <laughs> right now, it's downloads, and downloads keep growing. So yeah, I'm loving that. And by the way, officially, we're getting into your vision path here. We're going into a little bit more detail on your company. Some of the questions I may ask, you've talked about, you've hinted, you've mentioned. And if I bring up something that you've talked about, I just want to go into some deep dives. For example, and I know we talked about some secrets earlier, but I want to go into a new company. We're launching a new company. You've got a way that they can scale at a very quick pace. So let's have that secret, Nick. Yeah, for sure. So, so laser focus is the secret. And actually, I just got out of a meeting with a new company that's about to launch. And, and what they're doing now, which is absolutely brilliant, um, these guys just raised millions of dollars in funding before they're, they're actually in market. But they're going to spend a couple months and really lay the, the foundation for their launch. And that includes like distilling everything they could be looking at down to the two or three key things that they need to be looking at. Uh, so this new company um, is in the financial space, and their their ultimate objective is to to get folks to trust them with their money. So so their key metric, I, I think it's going to be rather unique. Their key metric is going to be like how many folks who actually engage um, with their organization ultimately trust them with their money and and become customers. Very very small transaction size. It's a it's a super scalable product. But the secret for them is going to be like. Ignoring everyone else in the world, ignore Chase, ignore Bank of America, you know, ignore the the million startups that are trying to compete with those giants or getting acquired by them. You know, ignore all the advertising that you see, which is you know the exact opposite of what most entrepreneurs do. They look at the world and see something they like and say, "Hey, they're doing this; it must work. We're going to do it too." Logically, it sounds good, but it winds up distracting you from the core thing that is actually going to move your business. And for these guys, for this new company. The engine is how many folks engage with us and actually trust us, and how do we establish more trust? Because if they win, if they win the trust argument, if they can find a way to take a consumer who's not even thinking about their product, offer them some sort of value, and you know slowly or quickly build up some sort of trust, they'll wind up becoming the only business in the entire space that doesn't need to lean on advertising to grow and acquire customers, um, which will turn them into a unicorn. So the way to do that again cut out the noise, focus on the one thing, create a way where you can immediately access like a feedback loop for that one thing. Like, what is this conversion rate? How many folks engage with us and actually, you know, deposit? What did I do today that improved that number? Structure everything you do around that one goal. And in time, it'll improve. So I'll give you a, a scaled example of this. I was on a phone call a couple of weeks ago, a very, very fortunate phone call to, to be on the, the phone with the head of growth or a particular language app, you can probably guess if, if you look at the language apps that are growing fastest. Um, they talked about how they went from zero to 100 million in revenue in two years. And this is their exact approach too. Like internally, they identified their metrics um, and they structured all of their development activity, all of their team activity around moving. The, the key things that they'd identified uh, would get more folks to use the application 
uh, more folks to stick with the application and more folks to subscribe, you know, and buy more services, learn more languages. They didn't have a blueprint. They, they had no idea how to make this work in the beginning, but they had singular focus and singular determination. So they invented it an entirely new way to grow and, and scaled like crazy. So it can, it can work at a high level. I think it works at a low level too. Nick, while you're saying all this and while you're going all this, I'm thinking of all the different moving parts that we have to do, whether it is a solopreneur, whether it's a mid-sized company or it's a giant corporation. There's always a lots of moving parts. And if it's just a few people, you just have more moving parts to take care of yourself. Now, with all that moving, we don't always see that metric, but we may know it in our mind because we're doing this. We're answering phones. We're answering emails. We're taking care of this product. We're shipping this product. We're taking care of that. It's so much. Is there a point of simplicity to always keep focus? Because we get distracted. This is going to be like a, a double negative grammatically here, but there's nobody that doesn't get distracted these days. You're full of distractions. You can't help it. This is life. Do you recommend in simplicity to keep a counter going on your on your screen or numbers on a big whiteboard of what's the metric in the past hour? How can we keep focused despite the fact that we're doing all these other things? Sometimes they don't even seem to have anything to do with that key number. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's routine and it's uh, it's pattern. Um, you know, in our case at, at Pinchforth, we'll build the visualization so you can wake up and stare at it every day and you know watch it move in real time. But if you don't have the budget for a build out like that, there's tons of ways you can you can dial yourself into the right number. But I think from there, it's it's building a structure, you know, a schedule for you around it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna risk being cheesy, Tony, um, and, and quoting Warren Buffett. I read a quote, you know, may or may not be by him, who can trust memes on social these days, but allegedly he said um, the difference between successful people and really successful people uh, is the amount of things they say no to. Um, and I think there are a lot of ways to interpret that, but my natural interpretation is focus. Uh, it's not necessarily saying no to things for the sake of saying no to more things. It's, you know, as a business owner, understanding that you're never going to be able to complete everything you need to or should to. How do you choose the right things? How do you choose the things that are most valuable to you and most valuable to the business? And we, we find that's a lot easier when you're staring at the thing that represents your value the best. I like that. I like that. And I have seen that quote before. And it, it's something that you have to think about periodically because it's very wise. And I think the more you think about it, the wiser it gets and the more meaning you get. It's one of those where you, you just get more out of it. Yeah, that was, that was Buffett, right? I'm getting it right. I believe so. But then again, I know I didn't say it. <laughs> I, I have a lot of my own quotes running on Instagram. That's not one of mine, folks. You know, part of this makes me think of, Nick, when you're going for that metric, you're going for that number. And if, you, if you've ever helped a podcaster, I'd love to know if there's a better number than downloads, because that shows me people like my show and it's growing. But sometimes we have to look for more ways to get that number, that metric, sale, customer service, reviews, whatever it may be. Like right now, and I'm not going to mention it on air, but I believe I found an untapped opportunity that my competitors, I don't have, I don't believe I have competitors, my, my friendly podcasters out there that also have business type talk shows, I believe that they're not going after a particular market, which I am. And so that makes me want to bring up, does your system 
which I believe is partially to some degree technologically based. Do you help companies find untapped opportunities? Yeah. So, I, you know, I think those are uncovered uh, as a byproduct of this singular focus. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey guys, how much could you save in one year by switching to Harry's? How about enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City? Enough for three deep dish pizza dinners in Chicago? Enough to pay six months of your Netflix subscription? How? Harry's delivers high quality razor blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price of the leading brand and saving you hundreds of dollars over time. And it's true, I've been using Harry's for years. It's so simple to use and gives me such a better shave than those fast disposable types, which rip my face apart. So I learned years ago to go with Harry's. Get a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. So go ahead, give Harry's a try. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just two bucks per blade. I know I said that already. They've cut out the middleman, manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. And Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule. Get this, with or without a subscription. Harry's has all your grooming needs covered in one stop. You can get blades, hair care, and shower products all on harrys.com. And just like their blades, Harry's is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. And feel a little better about your purchase, too. To help support those who need it most right now, Harry's is donating a million dollars worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the United States. That's amazing. Did you get all of that? Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O to start shaving and saving today. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out, sign up, and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests, now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. All right, and now back to the chat with Nick. You know, if you're staring at that one metric, um, it's going to force you to sort of catalog everything you're doing to make it improve, which also shows you what you're not doing. So it, it, uh, it's kind of a forcing function. I think that's how you know, our work at Pinchforth expands. Um, you start with you know, the one or two, the most important things for your business. Uh, visualize them, find a way to, to track historical change, you know, and add any contextual metrics you need around them. So in a second, you can see exactly how you're doing and how you're improving. 
But then, you know, as you start to discover opportunities like yours, Tony, uh, that could be pursued and could drive lift, should we add things like to our to our board or to our mix or focus um, that will help us better understand how things are doing? Like, if would would you permit me to to venture, you know, a guess or a, a tactic for podcast growth just for the sake of conversation? I would love it. We have a number of people in the audience that are podcasters, so here you go, podcasters. Nick Petros is going to give us some secret stuff here on how to grow our podcast. I, I welcome it. Let's, let's dive into this. Yeah, sure. So, so I think um, you know, folks, folks talk about shares a lot. It's a big metric uh, in the podcasting world. I, I see subscribers and listeners and downloads a lot. Um, you just mentioned downloads a second ago, but I think one one metric that's super super interesting and trackable today, if you're using the right software, would be quotes um, and. Tony, you already have those syndicated off of your own social, but if you could find a really consolidated way to measure the volume of quotes and references to your shows um, on the internet, you could actually figure out a way to influence more of that behavior. Um, and I think even more so than a review, you know, a quote or someone referencing your show is an implicit endorsement uh, of the content that you're pushing out to the world and also an invitation for someone to you know, get a little more context on that by downloading or listening. Um, so in the podcasting world, that'd be really, really interesting to play with. You know, how do we engineer, you know, more quotes or, or more discussion around this thing? I love it, Nick. I love it. And if you have some simple ways, if I can use the word simple, for the solopreneurs and the small business owners that also podcast, we would have something really cool. Yeah. One, I mean, if if you'll permit me to keep um, riffing here. I think one, one really good way to, to light that on fire a little bit is creating bi-directional feedback between you and your listeners. You know, we're doing, when, when we do growth consulting work, we're doing a lot of, uh, of bot building for folks. But a couple of years ago, we built a huge growth wheel uh, by creating a forum for a business uh, that was already producing really good content, but had no way to, you know, explore um, the content with their audience. And just by way of opening up that uh, that as discussion, they both discovered a lot more content they could produce uh, as recommended by their audience, but also figured out what folks really cared about, um, which increased the fidelity of what they were producing and created a lot more you know sharing and referencing. That's very interesting, Nick, because I've been looking at how to get more engagement. When you podcast, you have people all over the world. They'll download your show. How do you reach them? How do you communicate them? What forum? Where do you find them? I mean. I've been trying multiple things to really get that going and haven't found like that one big method to really push. So this is very interesting. Yeah. A loop. I mean, again, we're still in riff mode, but a, a loop that could be fun for you, Tony, especially with the, the reach you have and the subscribers you have would, would be something like creating, um, creating a little promo page before you do a show and giving listeners the opportunity to ask a question um, based on who the leader is. Um, and just making sure that at some point during the show, you actually call out that listener and, you know, reference the fact that they asked the question that you're about to ask the audience or the, um, the, the guest you have uh, could create a nice wheel or expectation that if they communicate with you, which starts engagement, you know, they'll actually be brought on air um, to your entire audience. Very interesting. That would require a bit of tech and a bit of organization because... When you interview someone, such as interviewing you, I'd have to promote it way in advance. I'd have to have it all set. And as you probably know, it's probably taken you close to a year to get on my show. So it takes some time. And 
it's a huge amount of people that want to be on my show. You know, I'm, I'm blessed with that, knock on wood, and thank God, actually, who is the one that's making it all happen. But so many people want to be on the show. It's, it's a bit to work out, but I, I like that idea, and I welcome ideas. Anyone else in the audience that has an idea of how to get more engagement, I do get some suggestions from time to time, and now it's a matter of what would be the best that I could implement. So I am on that warpath. Yeah, that's great. And another thing you mentioned before the show, Nick, you mentioned that we are in this technology boom. It's just going crazy. And with all the people building and all the gadgets, and as you mentioned too earlier in this interview, as you said, there's so many companies that could provide one type of service or similar. How do you grow and scale? And you mentioned this language company or grammar company that did 100 million in two years. It seems that we've already got technology for everything. And you've got the reverse. You say the flip side. You say technology is just starting. It's booming. So tell us about some opportunities you see there. So opportunities in tech, I think it's, um, it's more opportunity to react than, than just inside of the, the technology space. There's, there's a, a couple things converging all at the same time. Um, on the one hand, you have gig economy. So, you know, folks who are around the world can work together. Like Pinchforth, we're in nine different countries. There's 28 folks who work on the team. And only two of us are in the same city, which just couldn't happen, you know, five years ago, let alone 100 years ago. Um, so on the one hand, you have, you have gig economy. On the other hand, the average person has access to, you know, the factor of 10 more information than they ever did before. You know, just simply compare uh, the amount you can consume on your smartphone versus what you could find in a library in 1992. Like, there's there's no line of sight there. You can access literally everything today. So, more information, more access to good people. You know, combined with a, a third factor, I guess, the ease of building. It's it's cheaper than ever to build new technology, to invent new things. Um, creates kind of an incentive to like build upon the success and momentum of of those behind us and create value for, uh, you know, for folks in the present. So what that means more specifically is instead of trying to invent the next new thing, instead of trying to pick one thing that will change the world, be a, a life-altering product, uh, why, not, why not create something that, that solves one small problem, like one, one hypothesis, one small problem, like this financial organization. Uh, folks don't know a lot about what their banking products can do. They've built something that's accessible, just like a banking product, but it has a couple more bells and whistles I can't really get into on the phone. So one, one really small thing, let's find a really smart way to introduce it to folks. Um, and then instead of sticking to that one thing, let's see how they use it. Let's react to our audience. We'll use the, the vast resources, both human and informational that we have at our expenditure. Let's build quickly um, and find ways to let customers actually influence the products that we're making. Uh, so that's, that's what I see as the real opportunity. Instead of I'm going to make a Model T Ford and popularize the automobile. It's much more nuanced. It's like, I'm going to build a better way for you to interact with digital information. So instead of staring at a computer monitor, I'm going to put the monitor inside of your glasses so you can see 16 screens at once instead of just one. Mission something simple like that, put it out into the world, see how folks use it, and build to improve their usage. I think, um, I think that's the big opportunity today. Reactive business building instead of proactive. And I want to learn more about reactive business building. Now, another thing I want to comment on, though, is on startups. I think most of us have been in startups or are about to be in startups. And 
it seems to me, and it may not be the, the, the big reason, the real reason they fail, but cash flow is always the most important thing. You've got to have it going. You've got to have it built before anybody else can put money in it. So you've got to put your own money in your own pocket. You've got to really work hard and get it going. What metric should a startup use that would give them a better chance of being successful? Yeah. So, I mean, the metric is dependent on the audience. Um, So if you're in the financial space, you want more deposits. If you're in the software space, you want more users. You know, if you're in the hardware space, you want more customers. So I think it's it's different metrics uh, for different businesses. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. As folks adapt to this changing world, we're all going to be buying more stuff online than ever before. I am. And if you're an e-commerce seller, are you ready to meet the demands of our new delivery culture? Be ready, guys, with ShipStation. Why ShipStation? Well, when you're selling online, getting a lot of orders out fast can be tough. How do you keep track of who gets what? Which shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best rates and so on? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. Just a few clicks and you'll be managing your orders, printing out labels, and getting your product to happy customers like me. ShipStation makes it easy. ShipStation helps online sellers of any size get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep customers happy. I know I said that before, just checking that you're listening. Now, no matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, guys. It's really cool. It makes them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know you're getting the best deal, and that's good, right? No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Hey guys, and right now, the Tony D'Urso Show listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code T-O-N-Y. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in T-O-N-Y. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter offer code T-O-N-Y. That's Tony. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Nick says there's a mission behind the consulting effort too. He believes we're in the middle of an unprecedented technological building boom. 
And now back to the chat with Nick. Tony, I, I do think the, the problem um, with folks uh, running out of money or, or cash flow problems with early stage companies almost always anchors back to trying to do too much at once. You know, I agree to, to some extent, you do need to get out before the market catches on to what you're doing. And you know, someone bigger either steps in and acquires you or does what you're doing better than you do. But you can still measure that. Like if you need to grow really, really quickly, then your, your metrics or your singular focus needs to be on growth and everything you spend needs to influence that growth. You know, not, not just somehow, it needs to influence that growth, you know, in accordance with the goal you set out when you raised the money or, you know, committed to putting in the money yourself. So I think if you focus on that one thing, um, you really commit to that one thing and make sure that every time you're spending, um, you know, or hiring or, or enacting something, it's helping you get closer or above the metric that, that you're trying to hit, you're generally okay. And we had, um, we had a client a couple of years ago that um, they had raised a million and a half dollar seed round um, and promptly spent a million of it on software that they didn't really need. We yeah, could have built a much leaner application and, and ran out of money. And it wasn't because they didn't build something amazing. It was a pretty powerful product and um, good, great traction, great reception in the market. But when you're focused on the wrong thing, like you, you shouldn't spend that kind of money early, you know, on something that's untested and not even live. Because then you have no runway and you do, like you mentioned, run into cash flow problems. So we, we see that a lot. I mean, we, we work with almost a half dozen startups today, some venture backed, some bootstrapped. And we're lucky. You know, a lot of our founders are, are brilliantly focused. Um, you know, some of the past companies we work with, though, folks did what they thought they needed to do, irrespective of what the market was telling them. And, cost them tens of thousands of dollars and a lot of runway or, you know, help coach your team, build the processes they need to succeed. You create a whole lot more opportunity by knocking out half your business day uh, before the rest of the world's woken up. So that's, that's my habit. You'd be surprised how many successful people say something similar, just getting up really early and more power to you guys. I've done that for many years and I don't have to do that anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> why we do it. So hopefully someday we'll be able to, to relax too. There you go. And lastly, are there any great resources that you would like to share with our audience success squad? Yeah, yeah. So uh, whether you're in a marketing role or you're, you're a founder of a company or you're a leader of a, of a current business, grow.co has an unbelievable email list. Uh, it's kind of like a forum where other business leaders and marketers ask questions of one another and share tons of super valuable information. You know, Grow is a pretty cool service, pretty cool platform. I'm totally unaffiliated with them too in and of itself. But that email list is super valuable because you know everyone on it um, is just sharing information for the sake of it. Like No one's really selling anything. And I think that's when you get a truth and uh, gives you a lot of tips to grow faster. Thank you so much. Once again, we learned how to get traction and scale with Nick Petros, and you can find him at pinchforth.com, P-I-N-C-H-F-O-R-T-H.com. Nick, you've brought something new to the table that I haven't heard before about this metric, and I urge everyone in the audience that's an entrepreneur, small business owner, even if you're in a big corporation, check it out because there's really something here. I mean, the scale so fast, so big. There's a lot to this and we get so distracted. There's so much going on, but gosh, the simplicity here of just that single metric, the right metric 
is the difference between extreme success or not. Nick, thank you so much for bringing this to our audience. Very appreciated. Thanks for having me, Tony. This has been a lot of fun. Hey, Success Squad. Thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. I hope this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to do this interview. I learned so much and I've got some great ideas about podcasting. I can't wait to implement some of them. The insights are so valuable. So how did you like it? Getting traction and scale with Nick Petros. Early on, Nick realized what he was good at and it wasn't copywriting, which he first thought was where the fun was in the corporate world. He then found he was good at performance marketing. He found he was good at delivering messages for companies to the right people for that product or service. Now think about it for a moment. If you could tell the right people about what you have, that means for more sales, doesn't it? And something like that is definitely worth its weight in gold. Do you have a laser focus on the correct data metrics for your company? How do you communicate with the right audience for your company? How do you onboard your customers? How do you attract your customers? That's all secret sauce stuff for some, and it's the world that Nick lives and breathes in. By focusing on the right metric, you can get what you want, right? And he clearly describes how the metric can be off and how it can be biased in your company. But it may not be the most pivotal metric that you really should focus on to your company's success. His examples are amazing, especially the first one of a one-man company that is super successful where the founder focuses on only one metric, the right metric, which is taking his company to the top. And this one-man company is growing faster than the bigger company because of the ability of the singular focus on the key metric to success. This is amazing insight into growth, and it's so true. Nick's company's success is being able to provide that number on a real-time basis in visual form so that you can stare at it all the time and work to improve it. Brilliant. There's so much more I got out of this interview. What did you get? I'd love to know how you use this information to help you in your business or career. Now grab hold of your vision, decide you're either going to start something great or take it to the next level. You have to decide first. It always starts with a decision and you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The free ebook is at tonydurso.com and you can pick up the audio version and the training class too. Highly recommended. I created my empire in just a few years. That's all it took. I had the vision map as my guide. You can do it too. Let's help you move on your journey to success. And if you have any Apple device or access to Apple podcasts, please look up my name, Tony D-U-R-S-O, and subscribe to my show. A kind review there will get you tremendous appreciation back in return. Thanks, guys. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 